Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 181 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, we're back. We took a very long break, um, a nice little holiday break, and that means we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, the holidays were nuts. Free agency started December 23rd. Uh, so, yeah, of course, everything went nuts. We got a bunch of signings, and we have a lot to go through, Joe. Oh, yeah. How was, how was your how were your holidays though? Um, yeah, it was good. We uh, didn't lose too much sleep over the 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 free agent deadline drop. Uh, like you know, <laughs> people thought oh it was going to be uh, super crazy, and and it was definitely to a degree. But uh, uh, but that's all good. But yeah, no, the, the holiday good holiday was good. It was good to have some time off. Um, but now we're we're diving into you know the year that will be. Um, Overwatch League Season 6. It's exciting. Yep, exactly. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, Joe, I think some some orgs said, let's just announce our roster now, not put too much effort into it, and just release a graphic, get the get everyone to know, get everyone hyped, and get everyone uh, on, the, on our uh, team's train, especially like teams like Boston and Houston and stuff like that. And then there are teams like uh, the Gladiators, I can speak for, that uh, we all got a very nice holiday break and we didn't work over the holidays and uh so yeah our our gm graciously allowed us to save save our announcements for later so of course every all the gladiators fans are hardcore complaining so i know they they're they're very upset that we have taken our time with these announcements but it is for the livelihood of of our employees so please please be less upset yeah. um You'll you'll get you'll get the juice soon. The the season still doesn't start for another three months, so let's just be let's be patient for a second here. Um, but we did get a lot of nice juicy juicy announcements that we will go through later. First, we got to go through uh, Overwatch Two and what has changed in the month since we've been gone, Joe. Uh, first up, this pertains to tomorrow. We got another Twitch drop. Uh, for season two happening uh, this one pertaining to lunar new year and giving us some uh cool ramatra drops a ramatra spray that's actually really some really cool art uh and then a nice little free ramatra skin so if you're a free-to-play player uh, you can grab another free ramatra skin i think the other uh, was there has there already been a uh, twitch drop ramatra screen or is this the first one yeah i was gonna say the article that's linked here is actually just the same article from before oh. so the the ramatra drops originally were um back in uh, early december it's just the same article that we've had linked uh that also uh, listed that there would be lunar new year drops coming um so I, I don't know that they've announced precisely what they're going to be yet uh, at least i haven't seen that they have but uh presumably that will begin tomorrow Okay, so they're gonna they gotta announce something soon. Got it. Um, I yeah, I remember seeing these. These were the drops that like broke at some point that were supposed to happen over Christmas and worked. They worked all of a sudden again. All right, I remember this. Um, yeah. So yeah, Lunar New Year one happening should be should be now January because that's it's in the FAQ. It says January eleventh to twenty fifth. That's tomorrow. So oh, yeah. we should find out. Should find out. Next, if you've if you played Overwatch in uh, the past five days or so, you'll notice the Battle for Olympus event is happening, uh, which includes a different twist on the deathmatch uh, free for all mode, as well as some skin bundles you can buy for uh, Widow, Rhine, 
Hog and Lucio that I am very tempted to buy every time I log into the game. It, it helps It helps that I don't really play any of those four heroes, so I just keep not spending my money. But the, I don't know, the Widow skin makes me want to play Widow. I really like the Widow skin. You can get these skins for free by playing the Battle for Olympus event. All those heroes are in their skins. They all get an upgraded version of their ultimate ability uh, that makes the game super fun and arcadey. I have... You also, there's a bunch of achievements to go for that are extremely grindy that half the community or maybe more than half the community hate. Uh, the other the other part are busy grinding so that they can have, I am one of those people, so they can have one of these titles. I have achieved my Zeus's favorite child title. I am very happy about it. And by the end, I was actually really enjoying playing this free-for-all while just watching a YouTube video on the side. Like, I don't know. This this event's very fun to me. What do you what do you think about it, Joe? Yeah, it's definitely been super good to to <laughs> you know play with the new uh, ability interactions and the the buffed ultimates and, and all these kinds of things. Um, and you know, I hope they end up doing more uh, of you know this kind of thing as far as that goes. Um, I mean, arguably, uh, if you wanted to be really pessimistic about it, you know, maybe you know. It, you could argue it's not a new game mode, but it's a it's a new you know they made some crazy buffs and let us play around with it like they did in ex experimental cards sometimes, um, but it's got a really cool theme um, and obviously the uh, you know very intentional art uh, and skin work and all these kind of things like um, it was definitely definitely a a really good addition that, um, that you know maybe if you know if it's thematically appropriate um, could definitely be worth you know repeating I mean uh, again certainly with the 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 theme of the battle pass and the um the, you know the 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 ilios map and all those things all those kind of things really lend themselves well to the, this you know idea of a big free-for-all um you know godly you know <laughs> battle of things um uh and so i'd be interested to see you know that that may like i said it may not lend itself uh as well to other other battle pass themes and other ideas in the future but um definitely definitely a really interesting choice and uh as we see by the the end of the event here in uh, nine or ten days uh we get to see whatever they mean by um you know giving a, a statue prize to uh the hero with the most eliminations uh <laughs> in this event uh that they're gonna somehow it sort of implied at least that they were going to replace that big statue on Ilios ruins uh, with a statue of whichever um, you know skin clad hero um, gets the most of limbs so that's kind of cool too yeah I do think that is cool um, if anyone have been paying attention to the leaderboards Junker Queen is currently in the lead my guess I, I don't I personally do not think Junker Queen is, I think she's sort of mid tier as far as the buffs that were given out I purely think it's people that is the best title to get so people have just <laughs> been playing junker queen to get zeus's favorite child um because honestly roadhog's busted in this and i think i i think the person in last is reinhardt i think reinhardt's actually really good in this game mode as well uh just people don't really want to play either of those i I don't think they are too fun looking. I haven't played Roadhog yet in this mode, but I'm just sick of Roadhog. Uh, I'm so sick of Roadhog. Uh, but Lucio looks super fun to play in this mode. Play against, frustrating. He is, but he's so good. He just he goes all over. You really good Lucios just go crazy. Uh, 
But yeah, it's super fun. I agree with you, Joe. I think the theming is really cool. I, I'm such a big fan of Greek god and mythology type stuff. So this this was awesome to see. Um, and yeah, I, I agree that maybe it was poor advertising calling it a new of new uh, game mode because it's still just deathmatch free for all. I, I don't think the game mode's that different at all. It's just hero changes. That's mainly the difference. So, and I mean, for the record, that's not a complaint. That's just oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, I agree. The playing devil's advocate, but yeah, this is really um, definitely a good addition. And even if it's meant to you know tide us between Winter Wonderland and um, the the New Year, I mean, that's um, <laughs> you know still definitely worth it in my opinion. Yeah, I think people. I mean, it's good to play devil's advocate there because that is what people were saying. They were like, "Why are they calling this a new game mode?" People are underwhelmed by it because they thought it would be different from just a death match uh which is fair they did advertise it as a new game mode um but after playing it i still think it's just a fun little event maybe if they advertised it as as so people wouldn't be as upset um but i think it like so far we've had winter wonderland i think it's better than winter wonderland i'm not a fan of the may snowball stuff sorry everybody um but i the halloween one's definitely the most in-depth coolest event we've gotten so far as far as the game mode that comes with it. So uh, it seems like this time we're getting, I mean, they've just had to pack three events into one season with Winter Wonderland, uh, this, and then Lunar New Year, which I don't even know if we're getting a a, uh, game mode or anything with Lunar New Year. So uh, yeah, they've just had a lot to pack in. They also started this competitive capture the flag mode today. Like there's just a lot of stuff happening this season in comparison to last which it's really quantity over quality i guess we only got halloween last time and that was the highest quality thing we've gotten so oh yeah yeah they're just trying to add a bunch of stuff um but yeah season two we've we since we have last podcasted there have been two patches and neither of them nerfing roadhog very (laughs) sad (laughs) <laughs> um, but that is coming apparently I'm guessing the Lunar New Year patch will have a Roadhog uh, nerf which is great to see uh, but yeah, we did get some, the, got some the, we got some changes like, yeah lots of changes certainly in these patches uh, I think the word is sort of mid to late January uh, on Roadhog for, for Roadhog changes coming through um, uh, you know we know we know Briggs getting some changes here in the future uh, coming up soon that actually require uh, new art and new um, you know like graphics and effects and stuff so that'll be interesting to see how that goes um, and so yes two patches worth of changes uh, so I won't touch every single um, bit of the patch notes um, but I will um, I've got to go back to the <laughs> to that one set of patches because uh, we did get a, a uh, what they called a hot fix uh, for the patch. It wasn't any kind of mid-season patch necessarily. Um, and that included changes to uh, a Doomfist and Orisa, um, uh, including buffs uh, in particular to Orisa uh, and to Ramatra. Um, uh, Sojourn got a, a pretty significant nerf, uh, relatively. Um, I don't know about how significant it was in this hotfix, but Sojourn did get a nerf uh, along with side of, alongside with Tracer. Uh, if you remember in the very last Season 1 patch, I believe it was, uh, Tracer had uh, received a damage buff from 5 to 6 per pellets. Uh, they tuned it back down to 5.5 because <laughs> they decided they weren't quite... Um, uh, satisfied with where she was sitting. Um, Ana got a buff uh, to her uh, damage and healing and to her uh, on a grenade, or in her bionic grenade. 
uh, as well as a, a slight adjustment to Kiriko in that hotfix patch. Uh, but then most recently, this uh, Battle for Olympus patch that came out on January 5th uh, included uh, some pretty cool buffs to Junker Queen, um, where uh, she gets uh, a, a cooldown reduction on uh, her Carnage Axe Swing ability uh, for every hero that she hits, uh, kind of a la uh, Genji's dash resets. Um, her Adrenaline Rush uh, passive um, instantly apparently heals for the remaining damage that would have been caused by a damage over time wound if an enemy dies while um, there's like remaining time on their wound effect, which is a little bit weird to explain, but you know easier to you know see when you when you see it in practice. Um, uh, but you get more healing basically overall from that ability, which is nice. Um, um, and a uh, a new a bit of a tweak to the jagged blade there for Junker Queen as well. Uh, Zarya got a couple buffs. Uh, excuse me, where her energy decay rates uh, was reduced, and the delay before that energy decay begins uh, is also um, or the delay was increased, uh, so it'll it'll decay um, after more time, which is nice. Um, Brig got a, a shield health buff uh, from 250 to 300, which is pretty minor, I imagine, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and Moira, interestingly, got a buff where you can throw your damage orb, um, and that will restore uh, a small amount, it says, of your uh, healing juice, uh, rather than just specifically, um, you know, dealing, um, you know, that, I guess it's technically secondary fire damage, um, uh, and reduce your healing juice, but actually your orb will, will contribute to that uh, as well. Um, and then, of course, lots and lots of, of bug fixes and those kind of things. But, um, uh, but yeah, a couple couple patches again since we've had the show last. Uh, we anticipate one uh, before too long at all uh, by the end of the Battle for Olympus, uh, which will be in a couple weeks as we get to the launch of uh, New Year. Oh yeah, um, I think all good changes here. Obviously, just missing, just missing Roadhog really. Um, I think the buff to um, Ramatra's uh, ultimate or just his movement speed maybe a bit too much. Like his ult is just nuts with that movement speed buff. And then uh, Junker Queen doesn't feel like enough to make her good, but I think it might just because Roadhog's still meta because Roadhog just is better than Junker Queen right now. Uh, but yeah, besides that, uh, Kiriko probably still needs some nerfs. Sojourn's still good. Uh, but it's good to see, like, Arissa's feeling like a really good pick right now. Um, stuff like that. So I think the game's in a pretty good state besides besides Hog, who is just going to get torn apart in this next patch. Like, my God. Uh, they're taking away his one shot completely to rework him later down the line. Uh, so it sounds like they're purposefully just getting rid of him almost. Yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely interesting, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, the other thing I'll highlight from this patch, um, uh, if you haven't seen already, in the Overwatch League uh, cosmetic shop, aka I guess the skin shop is really all it is, um, there's a new batch of uh, owl skins available, specifically all of the all-star skins from the three years that they did an all-star skin. Uh, so the Atlantic and Pacific, uh, Tracer, Genji, Lucio, Mercy, Ryan, Diva, uh, you can go and uh, purchase those. Great skins. I'm sad that my uh, my Diva Pacific skin is getting a little less rare. Or Atlantic, I can't remember <laughs> what side it is. 
but that yeah, is one of the best skins in the game. That's the best skin in the game, in my opinion. It's a good, it's a good one. Go, go buy it. I am, I don't have enough owl tokens for the stuff, so I will, I would have to put money into it. But there are some I'm debating. I, by the end of these this shop cycle, I'm gonna buy something, Joe. That's my point. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. It's gonna be one of these skins, either an Olympus one or a All Star one. We'll see. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, different currencies, so you could technically do both. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, I still have to use U.S. dollars to purchase both well, currencies, anyways. <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. That those those skins are in the shop. They also did a little blog uh, talking about matchmaking. Uh, this is a hot topic, especially in like the pro community. I think, uh, and just higher up community, there are a bunch of people. Basically, uh, it's a blog that goes into depth and sort of confirms what everyone like should have known basically about it was that like grandmaster players were like why is there a diamond in my game and it's because they are matchmaking more based off of the internal mmr rather than your uh mmr that you see or your rank um is the answer to that basically a bunch of people decayed that used to be in grandmaster that are now in diamond they are showing up in grandmaster games because they used to be grandmaster People are upset about it because they're like, this guy's a diamond. I don't want him in my game. But in reality, I think it's... I think that's probably the right thing to do on Blizzard's um, head. Rather than have the opposite, where the now diamond player used to be grandmaster player is in diamond lobbies absolutely farming diamond players and making them feel like they're horrible. So, yeah, I think that's the move. Uh, even though on the outside visually it may seem like you are be being dealt a bad hand and being given a worse player when in reality they are actually pretty good at the game and used at least used to be good at the game at, at one point so yeah uh what do you think about this blog any other interesting tidbits it's, it's still a I, I summarized it a little bit but it's still got a lot lot in it so go read it if you haven't yeah, and they said it would be part one of um, a, a series of, I don't know how many, but at least two, presumably, um, uh, articles about uh, both the matchmaking system uh, and their vision of the competitive system itself, um, and then, you know, the ways in which they interact. Um, and so, so, yeah, lots lots of details, lots of uh, graphs and numbers and things um, uh, that you can go investigate, but... Um, it's good that they're you know including that information for sure uh even if obviously it's still frustrating to players um you know sometimes and and they they acknowledge you know that things are changing over time and it's going to take um you know more than uh more than uh very rapid changes as far as that goes um uh, but it is good to see at least um you know they're 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 trying to share they're trying to share things we can give them at least that much of the benefit of the doubt uh and hopefully uh the rest of that comes um uh regularly is is you know what we can hope for at least uh, as far as that goes yeah just trying to be forward-facing about it and understand that like it's a brand new it's kind of an it's a soft mmr reset so the system is just gonna have to relearn how good everyone is and that might take a bit um might take two or three months or however long it's been or even longer for it to really perfect itself like you said joe so yeah good good that they're uh bring it to the public even though people may disagree with the system or anything like that uh it seems like they're just gonna let it play out for now um 
big big news actually some low-key big news uh the overwatch league minimum age for competition has been lowered from 18 to 17 uh which i honestly did not see happening anytime soon so that's kind of crazy um but i think uh yeah so maybe the league just sees how good the competition is in contenders and sees that that's mainly sees maybe a player like patapan and realizes oh we could have had that player in the league for like an extra year maybe he stays here maybe he doesn't go to valorant if he was in in the overwatch league earlier right so yeah i think maybe they see that they want to get some younger players a chance i think this is a good change um yeah but it should i think they can't go down too far uh because you i don't know the younger you get the more these um organizations can take advantage of these younger kids especially people who are not legally adults at least in america so i I don't know what goes into like taxes and payment and all that stuff when you are under 18 but i imagine there there's a different rule set and uh orgs might be able to take advantage of it so uh, there could be something behind the scenes that you know the community doesn't really know about that 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 hurts 17 year olds but I, i don't know um for now i do think as far as the competitive side goes this is definitely very helpful uh we'll probably get some better players in the league a higher quality league just because they'll we'll be able to have those 17 year old players what are your thoughts joe yeah i think you touched on basically everything that i would have in terms of like it's it's very clear um you know for the overwatch league itself like why this decision would make sense in terms of um yeah it does you know increase your your pool of uh, path the pro players uh it does increase uh you know the talent pool that the overwatch league can, can pull from and you know therefore can make uh, matches more exciting and and get your you know star contenders players into um you know prime time so to speak uh more more rapidly and more efficiently um and just as a side note you can tell how um long ago it's been since we did a show <laughs> that we still early just now talking about this because it was announced you know what well before christmas but um uh but, but yeah the, the the side effects i think of this are, are going to be really interesting to see how um how their effects end up going out into the league because yeah there, there definitely are concerns uh about um you know the the effects of you know including minors in, in a program like this and i'm not um you know at all gonna claim that i'm an expert in in what those kind of effects could be um but uh, you know there's that's certainly a distinction for a reason as far as that goes uh, so i imagine the league is you know definitely had to prepare and uh, hopefully you know they've got their ducks in the row in terms of um the the extra requirements that that may involve um and with you know the the kinds of issues that um um players and, and coaches and, and and team hires have seen in terms of um you know the 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 rights that they may or may not have or the resources they may or may not have um uh that we've seen already in the league in some cases it's it's um you know concerning as an outsider perspective for that reason uh for a 17 year old who might sign with the team and and you know have some kind of um you know concern about what they may be getting into um but you know at the same time you know that that can be just as easily said for uh 18 year olds <laughs> signing with the team so yeah. um uh, it, it is worth you know thinking about it for sure and i'm sure the league did 
Um, uh, and like I said, it, it may it may take a while before we see some of those kinds of effects if there if there are very many, uh, at least from this this season six. But yeah, the short term effect is um, uh, it'll, it'll make the competition that much interesting, make the the player base that much more varied. Um, and we've uh, I want to say um, already seen teams take advantage of that. I actually don't know off the top of my head, but I think some of the shot players are pretty young uh, that we'll talk about later. But um, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting move and in that we, you know, sort of continue to evaluate as, uh, as, as time goes on, as this league goes on. Yeah. I was going to ask if there, if anyone has taken advantage of this quite yet. Um, I'm not sure. I think all the shock players were going to turn 18 anyways. That's the only team I could think of. Not too many teams have like, there is, he saying who he, he should be 18 before the league starts anyways. Uh, he's 17 right now. But we haven't really seen too much contenders talent um, signed. It's really just been a bunch of older players so far, uh, and people built people sort of building uh, based off what we've had in the league, which is very very different from what we usually get, right, Joe? We usually everyone usually goes for the young players, so pretty weird. Um, if you ask me, I mean, we haven't seen any of APAC basically yet, and I imagine they will almost fully go. For some younger players but yeah yeah we'll we'll see but it's it, and it has been a weird off season where uh veteran talent is being valued over young players and new rookie players for the first time ever i believe so pretty crazy we'll, we'll get more into signings first we got to get into some of the saddest news joe uh of this episode which is the philly fusion is dead <laughs> um the Philadelphia Fusion no longer exists. They have they have relocated to Seoul and have changed their name to the Seoul Infernal. Uh, they now represent the city of Seoul alongside with Dynasty. And yeah, this was just bound to happen, but I can't say I'm not super sad about it. I mean, what do, what do you think as a fan of the Philadelphia Fusion? Will you be... Um, going with them to soul will you still will you be a soul infernal fan are you upset about this joe i mean you're not you you aren't a philly fusion fan that is from philly um <laughs> but you're where you're from is pretty close to philly so i imagine that might have gone into your choice i'm not sure but yeah what are your thoughts yeah it's been a while now i they i think are maybe except for toronto the, the geographically closest <laughs> team to um yeah. to where i live you know if ge if geography means much of anything in this league anymore um <laughs> uh but yeah it was it was definitely an interesting decision and really out of um the you know out of left field didn't really come from uh with any kind of warning necessarily other than you know the the fusion operating uh, as an org out of south korea for you know several years um uh, obviously the they had announced um you know a couple years back they were going to build a, a practice facility in philly i think it was uh and and you know build up that whole thing and so presumably that's you know gone away now uh as as comcast i believe who is still going to be you know owning um the organization but now it's just you know relocating and connecting with or you know relying on its connections with t1 and all those kinds of things to um to to run the team out of south korea um uh, it's definitely interesting in light of the, um, the you know the APAC change where uh, presumably in 
I guess a couple of weeks now, um, the the game wouldn't be available, uh, you know, to play out of China. Um, and granted, I don't I don't imagine the Philly Fusion were based out of China either. But um, the you know a rebrand to um, coming out of Korea is definitely an interesting choice. Um, uh, but yeah, the 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 Fusion branding is definitely going to be uh, going to be missed. You know, that's obviously the the primary loss um, uh, that we have. Um, and then the you know the Philadelphia Soul Red Vancouver Titans are going to be <laughs> an interesting team to get used to, um, you know, over time because that's <laughs> that's one of the things I compared it um, to with you earlier. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it looks like the Vancouver Titans logo, but red. Um, uh, but it, it's definitely going to be interesting, and obviously the, with the roster changes too, like uh, finally um, Carpe is no longer involved uh, with the roster and those kinds of things, so it'll be um, definitely a, a very different team, um, uh, you know, from from one... Um, uh, from one year to the next, but I mean that's you know that's how that goes. So, yeah, yeah it definitely will. Um, it is. It's got. It's got like the same design concept as the Titans. It looks similar. It's got a similar shape, but it's also. It's just. It's just graphically very similar. Um, I I I will not. I still think if it was on its own and the Vancouver Titans logo didn't exist, I think people would think this is really cool. But I think it's too hard not to focus on the fact that it is it is very similar. Uh, I like the colors. I like it's red and black, but they also got that like goldish bronze type color going alongside, which differentiates itself from Shanghai and Toronto and Atlanta, the, the three other red and black teams we have in this league. Uh, so... I like that. We used to do uh, branding, grading stuff back in season two on this show. Um, That's true. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think this is pretty. I think this is a cool, pretty cool rebrand. But every time I think of it, I just my heart just breaks. Um, I mean, the other biggest thing on Twitter was um, sort of the fight between like the people who are like, yeah, this was bound to happen. And then the like diehard Philadelphia fans from Philadelphia who were like, yo, this, this hurts me. Um, and I agree this, I think out of any team, Philly might've been like the best sports city, uh, in the entire league. Like Philly is such a good sports city. Uh, since Comcast owned it and they own like, a, uh, the flyers, maybe, they were able to like put the fusion logo like in the actual city on actual stadiums and like people from Philly learned what the team was and they were like a Philly team. Hell yeah, I'm in. Um, that's Philly sports for you. Uh, they don't. If these people have never picked up a video game, they're like, as long as this team is representing Philly, I'll root for them. I um, mean, you you had a bunch of people on the woodworks coming out of the woodworks on Twitter that you know traditional esports people would not follow sort of backing this up being like yo this is like devastating i like casually follow overwatch league because of this team and i probably just won't anymore because like the only reason i was with the with the fusion was they were repping philly and um i love my city so it, i think it really just was a wake-up call once again because this is something i've backed up and if you've listened to this podcast before you know i have backed up the geographical city-based team names 
for years and years. And I think the fusion moving is just more proof that it really helps bring in casual fans uh, to this league to have these cities attached to the name. Because uh, you had so many Philly fans who, you know, they it seemed like they had never heard of Overwatch, but they heard of the Philly Fusion and they were like, sure, I, I want to check this out. Um, I think it's absolutely invaluable to this league to have to have the city names, even if we're not traveling anymore. Like, I, I just think it's an easy way if I talk to like even my parents or like friends who don't really pay attention to esports, they pick up Overwatch League way easier than if I were to talk to them. Um, obviously at the guard, we have like a Valorant team. If I were to talk to them about Valorant for a second, they're like, and I, and I say, Oh, the guard, we lost to TSM. They're like, what are you saying? I don't know any of those words. Uh, but if I say, Oh, us, the Los Angeles gladiators, we lost to the, we lost some of our players to the Houston outlaws this off season. They're like, Oh, Houston. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that city as a sports city. Like th- because yeah. they have, they're like, Oh, I don't. I hate the Houston Astros. They cheat. So I automatically will hate the Houston Outlaws because they also are from Houston. Like, I don't know. It's just as someone who like, I can understand the people like who are hardcore Overwatch League esports fans. They love other esports. They're like, yeah, this city based thing, it doesn't belong here at all. But I still think you have so many casual fans out there who, who, connect to this league way easier and it's way less of a barrier of entry if you once again if you're from like boston and you turn on the overwatch league you have a team to root for already yeah you don't need to do anything i know there are so many people out there who love to get into esports they love to research they love to know the backstories they love to know all the players who's the best player that's how i'm going to choose my team but there are so many more people who don't have time for that. They don't want to do that. And they're just like, just give me a team based off my city. I'm rooting for that one immediately. If there was a Detroit team, I would I would be in love. As someone who has been the Detroit Lions, anyone who follows NFL, they've been killing it this year. I love Detroit sports. I just want a Detroit team. Uh, we're not going to get it ever. But... <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, that's my rant. I do it like once a year on this podcast. Uh, there it is this time. Oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm good. Point is, I'm gonna miss the Philly Fusion a ton. Like, there, it's so hard to even look at this Liquipedia Overwatch League season six page and not see their logo. Like that hurts me. Uh, they're just like such a big part of this league. Uh, so yeah, I, it'll take me a little bit to get used to it, but I, I'll get used to it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to mention about this, Joe? Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. Other than, like, I, I sort of alluded to it, I guess, but I didn't really say it. I'll be interested to see if other uh, teams end up following their lead uh, in in some way or another. In terms of, um, uh, particularly thinking about those Chinese teams, obviously, uh, if that ends up being, um, you know, something that other organizations uh, decide to do uh, in terms of, um you know trying to settle themselves uh somewhere in a more uh you know friendly market officially uh as far as that goes um um you know if we may uh you know with just with as little notice as we got from um from philly obviously um you know that maybe um uh, other other teams may choose to do the same thing yeah, I think uh, there's one obvious choice, and that's Los Angeles Valiant. Um, so, 
I would be so surprised if they did not rebrand this year. It's been it's been long overdue, much like unfortunately the Philly Fusions has been long overdue. Uh, they just don't represent the city of LA anymore at all. Uh, so yeah, probably time to move on. Luckily, we already have an LA team, so it won't be that big of a of a hurt as much as the Phillies was. Because yeah, Philly now just doesn't have a team, which is sad. But yeah, uh, I would expect that one if any. Uh, of course, if you do haven't been paying attention, uh, Paris also moved to Vegas. Uh, they did not change their branding at all besides adding a little bit of orange to their color scheme, which I don't like that much, but they did it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right, let's, it's time. Uh, let's get into signings. This is the headline of the episode, right? Let's, let's do it, Joe. Um, yeah. we're, I, Joe has listed them kind of team by team, which I like. Uh, I think we should just go sort of team by team and, and uh, really uh, dig dig deeper into some of these signings. And I mean, let's start with like, what should be the headline team? Because this is an insane roster with the Boston Uprising. I mean, even if you go to Liquipedia, you, you uh, go over the Boston Uprising, you look at how many trophies this team has. Uh, my God, uh, like almost <laughs> every player on their team has won the grand finals besides Decay and Kalios. Um if you're living under a rock, Boston Uprising signs Striker, Decay, Birdring, Smurf, Kalios, Lee J. Gone, Iziaki, and Twilight. Wow. Um, this is like this is like a legendary team. This is like an all-star team, Joe. This is like this is like the all-time Korean roster almost, I feel like. Um this is nuts. Uh and I think the biggest debate is we've seen this before joe and i when it comes to everyone has the take of like this is an amazing roster right but we have seen this before and it was with a very similar person involved and that is pre uh with the washington justice signing an absolutely stacked roster what did the washington justice do with that stacked roster nothing um absolutely nothing are you in the camp that this team is, I mean, you got older people in here. You got Stryker, who, you know, did well in the shock, but was on the uprising once again last year and failed. Decay, who I think had a little bit of a down year last year for sure. There were, t- there were games where he popped off, but didn't do well. Bird Ring, who has been retired for a year. Smurf, who obviously did amazing last year. Kalios, who I think is um, all right, but I think you're mostly going to be playing Smurf anyways. Lee J. Gone, who's great. Iziaki, who's great. Twilight, who's great. So, so, I mean, that support line's nuts. But do you think all this can come together, Joe? Is this too good to be true, or will this just be a top team for Boston? Yeah, that's it's really it's really hard to say because um, you know you talked about Pre's history, but I mean we talk about the history of the Boston Uprising as well. Um, you know that granted, I, I think this is. Um, I think it was before season five that I kept repeating that, that this was the best <laughs> Boston Uprising roster that we had. Is this uh, the best Boston Uprising can, roster we've had? <laughs> I can continue saying that this is the best Boston Uprising roster we've had. But yeah, at the same time, the the organization, um, or you know, the organization definitely can can you know throw some of those uh, questions in there uh, as well as you, you did highlight you know some 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 players that have had uh, you know spotty records or or you know records in the past. I mean, 
particularly the in the DPS line of uh, Striker Decay and Bird Ring. But, um, but it, all that being said, I mean, uh, they far and away had made the biggest impression uh, with with their roster. Um, uh, and and the roster reveal, you know, there's there's value in going first, uh, and definitely uh, Boston were able to to take that for sure. Um, uh, yeah, it's really hard to say how, how they're going to line up uh, against some other rosters, and you know, not even um, just because we don't know what these rosters are going to be. Like, I, I would have some difficulty ranking them even with like season five teams, <laughs> uh, and, and where they might even possibly. Um, Align, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely hard to say, but there is definitely no doubt uh, that this is going to be this is going to be a good roster. This has, um, uh, you know, potentially the highest uh, skill ceiling, as they say, of, of any roster that we know very much about at this point. Um, uh, and it's 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 going to be quite the adventure to see <laughs> how how. Um, uh, these teams with such big star power uh, end up, you know, landing for themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree. It's hard to rank them yet, especially knowing like how many super teams we're about to get this year. NA is about to be just insanely good. Um, but yeah, I am definitely. I'm a bit worried about the DPS line. I those are three huge names, but it's been a while since we've seen them like perform at the highest level. Those three names. Uh, Striker was good last year, but it was the proper show on the shock. Bird Ring, he was really good in his last year, and he's a great player. Uh, but I, I definitely saw him uh, sort of getting worse and worse as the years go on, especially since his championship in the first year. And then, yeah, Decay has just decayed. He's living true to his name, in my opinion. So we'll see. I mean, three legendary names, but I think they're all kind of just old geezers at this point, which is kind of sad to say. Um but I think he got a really good support line and Smurf was playing some of his best Overwatch last year. So that could just carry your team right there. Uh, but it depends on the meta, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sad to say, and a little weird to say, I mean, considering they're they're all younger than us, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is really um, sad. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be... Um, yeah, this is definitely the team to have your eye on, for sure. Yep. Uh, legend house is what I like to call this uh, team uh, a house of legends it's going to be great um, speaking of super teams Houston is on their way to building one as well uh, and yeah specifically um, they're taking a lot from the very successful Los Angeles Gladiators team of last year uh, as well as obviously the even more successful Dallas Fuel roster of last year that won the whole thing they signed Fearless they signed Happy, and they signed Shu. Three absolutely huge signings, uh, as well as some coach shifting around. Uh, Jake has left. He has not announced what it's going to be quite yet, where he's going. Seems like he wants to take a break from competitive Overwatch, possibly the competitive side. So maybe that means back to casting. Who knows? Uh, Neko is becoming head coach. And then Junkbuck is shifting from head coach to director of competition. Which I think is just kind of a fancy name for head coach. Even header coach, to be honest. <laughs> header coach. <laughs> uh, so I think he's just, I have no clue what the semantics behind those title changes are really. But yeah, I don't know what Junkbuck would be doing besides 
coaching. Like, I, I just think he's a great coach. So I think he should probably still be doing a role that's similar to coaching, uh, even though Neko has come in. Uh, if you didn't know, Pelican has been re-signed, uh, and the rest of this team is gone uh, from last year. Pelican's the only one that stayed. Uh, so right now it's happy Pelican Fearless Shoe. Got rumors about Skewed joining up. Uh, and then you just got one more roster spot to fill there. Uh, but so far, so so good for the Houston Outlaws. Obviously getting Shoe the best support in the league, the only support MVP candidate uh, to bolster your team is absolutely fantastic. Getting happy back, he returns to the Outlaws. Uh, keeping Pelican, who I think is fantastic on your team, and then getting Fearless. Those are all big names, but I, I think you, you still have some holes to fill here. Uh, Fearless doesn't have like the best uh, the best uh, flexibility as far as Overwatch 2 has gone last year. You needed Hanbin to fill in some of those holes, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, this is a great start. They just got to sign some more players, in my opinion. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, there's definitely good pieces to to bring in, and the um, you know the intentionality of it is pretty clear too. I mean, um, you, you know, in terms of bringing in um, uh, very individual pieces to uh, to fill in what you're going to need. Um, again, obviously not um, uh, not done yet. You know, we, we got to see exactly where uh, the rest of these pieces come in. But uh, I mean, you talked about. Um, you know the sort of super team effect that we're probably going to see um, <laughs> over you know the the rest of this uh, roster building period just um, from the way that uh, APAC has been shaken up uh, and and all these other kinds of things. But um, you know just another uh, another just as good example for sure um, uh, as far as that goes in in the Houston Outlaws. Absolutely. I'm excited to see the rest of this roster, see if they uh, really are a super team or if they're going to be uh, or if they spent like I imagine I imagine some of these players had to cost, especially Fearless and Shu. I think those players probably cost a lot of money. So I am curious to see how much money they have left to spend on these remaining players they need, if they're going to be just stuck to their lineup and. In the past, it's it's kind of screwed some people over. It uh, met as even shoe and happy on the Gladiators. Honestly, the lack of flexibility towards the end of the year for the Gladiators really did not help them out. So, yeah, could be all for naught if they can't sign some uh, some more players here. So, next up, Vancouver Titans, or I should say, the Vancouver Uprising, as they have. <laughs> sort of soaked in that roster and uh, coaching staff. Uh, of course, they started with Baroy, um, and now Baroy has hired Askoft as the head coach, who uh, was the basically the interim head coach after Lori got fired last year for the Uprising. And the Uprising were much more successful once Askoff was there uh, as the head coach. So I think Baroy not only sees Askoft as uh, his former coaching partner, uh, but as someone who actually should be a head coach in this league, I think he did really well uh, to come in and replace Laurie like that. Uh, and then alongside uh, Askoff comes Punk, Faith, and Crimzo, all uh, great parts of that Boston Uprising roster last year. Uh, staying with the Titans, of course, was Aspire, the one player. And then they have added Sugar Free um, as well. Sugar Free part of the uh fusion academy atlanta academy most recently uh our fusion university i should say uh, but that was a while ago sugar free hasn't uh hasn't really played much 
since 2021. Uh, but he was a very hyped up player, was on American Tornado at points as well. So yeah, uh, Sugar Free, uh, people excited to see him back uh, back in the uh, scene. He also, I didn't know this about, about Sugar Free, he was signed to Atlanta Academy when he was 13 years old. What the hell? Um, yeah, I think that was, well, I mean, obviously he was a good player, but that was one of his claims to fame. I think that he was also one of the youngest players uh, to, to be involved really to, to that uh, kind of degree with the league, absolutely. And he has the same birthday as me. Um, cool, yeah. Sugar Free. Nice to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, December 16, 2004. Wow. Uh, okay, Sugar Free. Uh, this this will be a fun addition. If he, he he plays sort of a flex DPS role, Genji Tracer type player, uh, so not hit scan. Uh, nice little addition to uh, aspire aspire probably. Um, yeah, should be cool. It's hard not to be a little underwhelmed maybe when everyone else is signing super teams, but I think this could be a low key competitive team. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, the potential is certainly there. Um, yeah, as you know, as it was with the Boston Uprising, um, certainly it still is um, uh, here with Vancouver. Uh, it's definitely good to, to pull Sugar Free into this, um, you know, to get the a good opportunity for him um, and to hang on to Aspire. I mean, that was certainly a bright point for um, for the Vancouver Titans, you know, uh, and clearly that's something that they're uh, very intentionally choosing to invest in. Um, uh, but yeah, the the other pieces that fit in around uh, around this roster. I mean, they have their minimum five, uh, but I believe they need uh, six by you know later in the month, uh, and so they'll be working on that for sure. But um, uh, or maybe it's February. I don't know. But um, but but progress is 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 definitely going well for them. And you know, even if the uh, the core of the the Boston Uprising uh, it remains with them, you know, maybe. Um, Maybe it'll be a little bit more than um, 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 than what we saw out of Vancouver uh, over this this past season. Yeah, um, I think this has potential to to um, get Vancouver a little bit more back on the map. I mean, certainly better than previous years, hopefully. Uh, but who knows? Uh, it's kind of a sketch org, of course. So uh, anything can happen. Next up, my gladiators, um, with just a bunch of sad news. Uh, as as fans like to say, we were torturing them. Uh, I apologize to all our fans for torturing them with our goodbye videos. Uh, but yeah, uh, we we have officially said goodbye to Reiner, uh, Skewed, and Space, as well as of course Happy and Shu, who are officially on other teams now. And yeah, uh, so far a, a, a sad little uh, Gladiators offseason. We did sign Lastro to uh, fill in a sort of flex support um, shoes currently. Shoes, shoes, I guess. Uh, who I, I think, and most people think, I think was a little a little bit of a low-key unsung hero of the Houston Outlaws last year. So I, I think that's a good addition. Obviously, people are going to be disappointed because anything from Shu is basically a downgrade because he is the best support in the entire league, not just flex support, but support. Uh, so it was either keep Shu or the entire fan base will hate you. Those were the options. And unfortunately, uh, the Gladiators could not keep Shu. Obviously, um, 
it's a lot more i can't like specify anything any reasons that happened but obviously there are more reasons than just what the gladiators don't want shoe which is a lot of people's <laughs> yeah. immediate reaction and uh i think those people have to realize that uh the gladiators want shoe um <laughs> And in fact, the entire the entire league would like to have shoe. Uh, so, yeah, if you have a bunch of teams offering shoe a lot of money, it might be hard for the gladiators to offer the most money. Uh, we st- the glads still have Kevster and Funny Astro Stein to their team. Uh, that's probably those. Uh, you got to imagine Kevster's being paid a lot of money, right? So, those are probably pretty big contracts, pretty big holes in the pockets already of the Gladiators, and maybe they just can't keep up with some of the other teams that had more of a clean roster and a clean slate to work with. Uh, so I'll say that I was very annoyed by fans who thought that was on us um, and on the Gladiators organization because there are so many people putting so much hard work in to try to sign the best roster possible and the best players possible. Uh, obviously, what we wanted to keep shoe, and if we could, we we would have, but we couldn't. So, yeah, um, very unfortunate. Uh, and the other thing, I'm a little upset. Gladiators fans were so upset that we are sort of um, just day by day announcing our releases, but that's something we are also as a social team keeping in mind. Um, what we want to we want to treat our players, even if they are our former players as best as we possibly can and show that we are an org that cares about our players because we do i care about all five of these players that we had to drop um and i spent i spent a good two to three weeks making all these goodbye videos because everyone else is focused on our call of duty team and all our other stuff uh on my own and put a lot of heart and soul into it and i i was very sad to just see people say that we're torturing them by uh giving all these players their own day and uh their own post and own video uh, to say goodbye to them and show how much they meant to us. And fans are just upset that we're not announcing new players when I, I promise you that's coming. I we're working on it. Uh, so yeah, that was a little upsetting as well. Um, but yeah, th- yeah. Gladiators off season off to definitely a sad start. Uh, no signings yet besides last row, but hopefully some soon. Um, yeah. Any, any additional thoughts there, Joe? I know I, took over since this is the team i work for but yeah yeah no, it's all good and it's a good insight too i mean um you're just always in life uh, you know yeah. to make the kind of connection of you know the the process that's going on behind the scenes is, is much bigger than um um you know much bigger than is is visible um and i'm sure that applies you know not only obviously to the la gladiators but to to every team in the league um uh, but yeah, I mean that being said, um, hanging on to your um, your European players, your your Kevster, your funny Astro, um, uh, definitely a, a solid point for the Gladiators, um, and and we see where they go from there. Because uh, even you know, despite anything else, what we from what we know about the organization, I mean, you know they're they're definitely going somewhere. They're definitely cooking, as has been the phrase of. Um, you know the phrase of the week for this off season they're <laughs> definitely cooking everyone's talking about cooking um yeah i think i mean gladiators have always spent uh, i think the difference is this year a lot of north american teams are always are also spending a lot of money so if they just have a lot more competition and bidding wars and trying to sign players so 
yeah, uh, they should still put out a high quality roster like they usually do, I would imagine. Um, and that is speaking as someone who, you know, knows some signings, doesn't know others. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see soon, hopefully. Next up, Atlanta, who uh, we, we got to talk about um, some crazy signings before uh, last before this episode, at least. Uh, they've added some more crazy signings in Fielder and Chio. Uh, obviously, two two champion players now uh, on the fuel last year, that support line. Uh, joining Atlanta and joining Lip, Stalker, Hawk, and Vigilante. This team is insane. This team is really good. Uh, and that you, you just got a championship support line to join in with Lip, Stalker, Hawk, and Vigilante. I have nothing more to say. I'm just... I'm in awe, and all this this whole team coached by none other than Gator. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's we've we've exclaimed over the Atlanta Rain already several times uh, on this show, and I'm sure we'll continue to um, as you know <laughs> as this team goes. But um, but yeah, the 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 abilities and the flexibilities that this team is going to have is. Um, is definitely significant and i think um you know as we'll we'll get into talking the rest about uh all these teams and you know getting into season six predictions and those kind of things later in uh later on in the year later into 2023 um but uh there's gonna be a lot of eyes on hawk uh i think uh, is, is definitely uh, the case and not that you know he's any kind of bad player because we know he's definitely not um but <laughs> he's definitely got um you know big players to back up and big uh um I was gonna say big shoes to fill. I mean, he's, he's still the same shoes he's been wearing. But his shoes, his shoes um, are big. His shoes are big. Uh, but the, the the people around his shoes are um, <laughs> are also wearing big shoes. <laughs> Lots of big shoes. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I I think Hawks got this. Hawks great. Uh, met him in person many times. He's he's a super smart dude. Uh, but yeah, this whole team's stacked. Um, all right, Dallas. Let's move on to our defending champion team. Um, who, you know, they've nicely, they've got some nice roster announcements. So I'll say they're not like nuts or anything like that, but they're good. They should be good enough for some Dallas fans, including keeping Rush as your head coach, uh, keeping Sparkle, Edison, and Hanbin, all three uh, big parts of that championship win last year. So they keeping those three are good. And then as far as support line goes, they have grabbed MCD and Bliss, MCD with the uprising last year. He played a uh, pretty significant role, I'd say, at times uh, until Lori left. And then it was really the Crimzo show as far as flex support goes. So I think people are a little a little underwhelmed by this MCD signing because he didn't have the best comeback year, uh, quote unquote, uh, in Boston. I just say that because he, you know, uh, people sort of thought maybe he didn't belong in the league still. And then he goes to the Boston Uprising. Now he'll continue with uh, the the fuel and they also signed bliss uh this is one of the content one of the few contender signings uh from over from o2 blast comes bliss uh main support player i don't know anything about him um o2 blast is a storied good uh and in 2022 contenders they did very well um especially recently getting first in all four of their events they played so yeah uh what do you think about uh, this Dallas Fuel offseason so far? I think the Fuel fans are a little underwhelmed. Uh, but I think maybe some of them are just happy they got to keep some of their players because they thought the whole thing was going away. 
Yeah, and you know, certainly that was the impression. Um, you know, depending on some of the signings that people were looking at, um, you know, we did get to see a little bit of uh, MCD and Bliss in um, uh, in action with the the Dallas Fuel uh, over this break uh, since we last had our. Uh, since we last had our show because we saw them in the uh, show match they did with the uh, San Francisco Shock um, which I just bumped up in our, our thing a little bit because so we're going to talk about the Shock next um, uh, that that was an event that the, the Shock put on uh, in December uh, to show off their new roster um, but we did see uh, MCD and Bliss playing with Dallas um, uh, there hadn't been any kind of uh, roster announcements at that point but um, uh, but that was a really interesting match. If you want to go back and watch, if you missed that that happened, um, uh, to see because they they did a best of seven series and every map had like a different rule set of like they played with hero bands and they played with like um, Ryan Zarya only and they did all all kinds of stuff. Um, um, but we got a little, a little taste of them. Uh, it, it definitely. Um, uh, we, we talked about big shoes. I mean, these <laughs> are like the ultimate big shoes, uh, again, for, for players like MCD and Bliss uh, coming onto the Dallas field. But um, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see how um, that lays out and, you know, what we did see of them against uh, this, this San Francisco Shock uh, Season 6 roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, might as well get into both these rosters and move on to the Shock. Uh, I d- ended up, I mean, this was on the day after Christmas and... I was busy with my family, so I didn't get to end up watching this at all. I haven't watched it. Shock ended up winning. Uh, but this was mainly for Shock to announce their roster. Dallas didn't, never officially said, hey, this is our roster until later. Um, and yeah, the Shock came out with their announcement. They only announced five players. They technically still have Violet on their roster, although a lot of Violet has taken Shock out of his bio many times and the Shock never acknowledged him. So who who knows? Uh, but the five they announced were proper. He sang Max, Vin, Dame, and Finn. Um, which, yeah, uh, involves keeping uh, some of your some of your best players here, if you're the Shock. Uh, and then adding someone from Soul Dynasty and Vin, Dame. And then two of your uh, players that uh, from O2 Blast that you want in Max and uh, He Sang. Uh, two of the most hyped up two of them the most hyped up rookies by far he's saying in max and then he got proper still and yeah this, this is looking like a solid five to me they were able to beat dallas they look fun and good while doing it uh i imagine I, they're gonna have to sign one more person at least right so this is definitely they announced this five but and they announced it as your season six roster but technically you need more players so they're gonna need at least one more uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that, where they decide to get some uh, more flexibility going. But this should be a competitive roster for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Vegas. Vegas Eternal. Uh, surprisingly, uh, retaining a lot of players, uh, which, is, which is kind of crazy. They re- retained... Dove, Lucamino, Rack Attack, and uh, Mouthful, and then they signed Vulcan uh, as their tank. Don't know much about Vulcan. Played for uh, Odyssey most recently. Uh, I guess he was on NYXL at some point. Oh, he was the... Okay, Vulcan was the player that like came in for the NYXL at some point. Um, I remember that. And hardly ever played, if, yeah. if at all. Yeah, it was just like a random player. Okay, I remember that. 
Uh, so Vulcan now with the Paris Eternal and will will most likely get playtime this year. Um, overall, this Vegas, this Paris Eternal, like they had some matches where they showed potential last year, but if NA is as good as it's going to be with their keeping their roster, may have not been the best choice. But obviously, this is going to be one of the very few budget teams this season. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I got to got to say about Paris. Uh, some some. Some people who like uh, American contender scene uh, really like to root for this team and these players. So there, I think there are a lot of people on Twitter who are hopeful. I'm not so hopeful. I think uh, while these players showed some talent, I don't know if they can compete with a lot of juggernauts in this NA scene this year. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I, it's a, it is definitely a little disappointing. Um, as you know, not that I'm like a huge. Paris fan necessarily or a Vegas fan, I guess in this case. Um, um, but, but yeah, not to see not to see more changes um, to this roster. I imagine um, you know we've we've called them a budget roster for for several years now. Um, <laughs> I imagine they are pretty strapped though with the um, you know whatever amount of moving they really are doing. Uh, I suppose <laughs> it was much more of a, a metaphorical move from from Paris than anything would be my guess but um, um, but, but yeah but building a roster that uh, is is gonna gonna have some some challenges uh, I think is fair to say uh, and you know beyond that to what extent it's it's um, uh, we we can reserve judgment just because of all the the question marks with other teams uh, I suppose but um, uh, but yeah, I think if you if you were a Paris fan this offseason, you definitely wanted uh, uh, definitely wanted to see more uh, and and different and more substantial change uh, than it looks like uh, is the plan for Paris. Yeah, I mean the one the one change that like has me excited is Empress at that coach position. That's the one thing that can make a difference here. Um, that we this signing happened uh, last podcast and the podcast before. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the one change that can make a difference player-wise. Not that impressed, but Empress has a, a really good track record in contenders, uh, and she could be she could make a difference. I think so. Obviously, first female head coach in Overwatch League, and she's she's been doing very well for herself in uh, in the contender scene. Getting, I mean, looking at our Wikipedia page, even seeing a bunch of gold, silver, and bronze on, uh, on that list there. So yeah, um, she's clearly got a good track record, good head coaching career we'll see how big of an impact she can make with this roster um but she she did she did coach with odyssey which means she has experience with the main tank vulcan uh which i I think is is very important and can be good uh but we'll see if they we'll see if this uh roster can compete they maybe they can pull a a london type season and it'll be the coaching that wins it out um and bring this team together and and bring the best out of all these players so We'll see. Speaking of coaching, um, like I talked about on last episode, I was very confused as to where the Shanghai Dragons former coach would go in Moon. I listed out a bunch of teams and I was like, where does he go? There's no team that would hire him besides Boston as a head coach. Turns out I was right there. The only team that would hire him is his old team. And that is the Shanghai Dragons. They brought back Moon. Uh, they got rid of him, and then they brought him back. This this team still has no players officially announced at all, but 
Uh, we do know Moon will be there to coach whatever players they end up signing, whether it's some contenders players or um, some former APAC players or what's going to happen with this roster. Who knows? All we know is uh, most, if not all, of their players from last year are going to just go away and not be there. I mean, even their best players are are already on new teams and like Lip, Iziaki, and Lee J. Gong. You still got Fleta out there, but... Yeah, I I would presume this is going to be a completely new roster. Probably probably all contenders talent is my guess. So, it'll be interesting to see what team or players they pick up. They still got Moon, and that that gives me some confidence in this team, no matter who's on it. Honestly, Joe. So, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's you know, the roster is empty, um, but but Coach Moon is at the helm, and that is not saying nothing mm-hmm. um, to to see how uh, Shanghai ends up. You know, wrapping up this this off season, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be something that's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of APAC, let's let's talk about uh, the Hangzhou Spark, who haven't announced any signings. They technically still have Gushui and Shy on their roster, but now they have lost Pineapple and Super Rich. Uh, of course, you want to keep Shy. There's the rumors for Hangzhou is basically they're swapping with Chengdu apparently, or they're getting Chengdu players. Um, or keeping shy and adding leave. I mean, shy leave, man. That would be nuts. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, those are the current rumors. They are not confirmed at all. Uh, but yeah, shy leave would be absolutely nuts. Uh, and Gushui had a pretty good year last year too for the Spark at times. So I don't mind keeping those two players. Uh, Super rich and pineapple leaving. Uh, I don't think I don't think they turned any heads really. It was really the shy show with Hong Cho last year. It was is Sojourn meta. Is shy on Sojourn? Are they in a tournament? Then they will dominate. That was basically the the whole Hongcho story last year. Uh, during the regular season, they kind of stunk. During the land tournaments, they kind of destroyed everybody and were the best APAC team every single time because shy just he, he was on another level whenever he was in those big games. So yeah, uh, yeah, they lose those two. We'll see. We'll see who Hongcho ends up signing. Um, and then Florida, uh, they got, uh, they retained their coaches in Gumba and McGravy. Um, and then as far as their team goes, they kept, uh, they retained or they signed Merritt, uh, as well as Sauna, Chorong, uh, two obviously big, uh, or well, I guess pe- most people don't know who Sauna is, uh, because he's from U- EU contenders from Finland. Uh, and just turned 18. Uh, but lots of hype coming off, uh, coming, uh, coming out of EU contenders fans for Sauna, Cho Rong, uh, probably one of the biggest paydays for a rookie last year and did pretty well on main support for Toronto, I will say. So I think that's a good signing. Of course, they still have checkmates, someone, and RuPaul on this team as well. Uh, that's six players right there. What, how would you feel about this team if, if it was confirmed, these, these six, Joe? Uh, it would be it would be fine. I think <laughs> I, I I still um, and I've said this already on the show. Um, I, I was really a fan of of the roster that Florida had built last year uh, and the the results that they were able to get. Um, you know, with that roster, with uh, talent like uh, Sermajed and uh, Hydron uh, uh, in particular, uh, both of whom are obviously no longer with the team. Um, 
but yeah, the uh, hanging on to someone uh, definitely a good choice. Uh, hanging on to RuPaul, I think, is also a good choice. Uh, and the big, uh, the big move obviously is um, uh, signing Merritt and, and bringing him over from Houston. Um, um, in the the Merritt versus Hydron or the Merritt versus Exe, I think that still technically counts as an upgrade. Uh, well, maybe not even technically. Um, but, um, uh, but, but yeah, I think overall it's definitely not how uh, not not as uh, um, well. I don't know. I was gonna say. <laughs> Um, I'm waffling all over the place. Uh, I was going to say not as you know solid as as this past season's Florida, but I guess we said that uh, at the beginning too before we got to see some of these players in action. So um, it'll definitely definitely be interesting to to see how they fit in. Um, you know, obviously the the very early impression is um, you know they could be sort of sort of sort of middle, like um, you know. Um, uh, you know, potentially still over the the likes of uh, Paris, for example. Um, uh, but but how how high they go uh, may remain to be seen. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I think there's some good talent here. I'm I'm glad Florida's still trying. But yeah, in the super team era, maybe last year this is like one of the best teams. Like it's so crazy just thinking. Two years ago, man, this team would have been great. <laughs> but but this is the super team era in NA. Um, all right, we got uh, Prita. Uh, left Guangzhou charge. That's the last. That's the last of it. Aprita leaves left the Guangzhou charge. Guangzhou charge roster is now empty. Um, Aprita, of course, coming over after the Chengdu Hunters cut him, did pretty well, but he will not be with the charge next year. Lots of Apex still to go, Joe. You go to the Liquipedia page, you see a lot of TBDs all over their roster. So <laughs> hopefully, get some uh, announcements soon. Absolutely, yeah. The, the there's still a lot to go, and you know, with these, these region changes, you know, there may still be like we can't even anticipate more that that's going. Oh yeah, um, we have been having some like show matches. Uh, we mentioned the Glads, or not the Glads, the Fuel Shock show match. We had a nice little four-team uh, Legends battle tournament between some legendary Korean. Uh, contenders rosters slash apex rosters um, with like Kung Doom, Panthera, Runaway or the other teams, Joe help me, um, Element Mystic and one more, can't remember Oh, um Kung Doom, Panthera, Element Mystic, Runaway and uh, I don't know GC Busan maybe? Yeah, maybe maybe, <laughs> another one of those teams you know, but Kung Doom, Panthera ended up winning it <sighs> Um, my runaway boys couldn't couldn't pull it out. I'm a, uh, a runaway diehard over here, but uh, Kung Du Panther ended up winning that one. They had like players like Decay, Bird Ring, Choice of Watt. I mean, just some legends coming back to play. Uh, absolutely fun to watch. Go rewatch it if you haven't. That's just some good off season content, you know, that that we all just oh, eat yeah. up. We all eat up. Yeah, fun stuff. Um, and then, oh, yeah, fuck, geez. Um, this is, like, probably immediately after our last episode. But the World Cup's coming. Yeah. This is the, the World Cup's coming back, uh, which is going to be super fun. Uh, and the timeline, it has already started, kind of, um, because the timeline is from January to fall, where right now committee applications supposed to be happening uh, to be a, 
uh, a part of your country's committee to choose uh, players and coaches and whatnot. Uh, February, we'll start getting uh, trials to try out players to choose your teams, um, as well as a, an announcement of who the committee is going to be. Um, and then team tryouts in March, team selection officially happening in March, and then the qualifiers with 36 countries uh, competing in six different regional qualifiers, so six six qualifiers with 16, six teams each. The top 16 teams um, making it to the actual World Cup group stage, uh, which will be happening in fall. Uh, yeah, and the top eight, um, I imagine, will happen once again at BlizzCon in that arena. So very exciting. I think there are concerns that this is happening. Some of this is happening during the Overwatch League. I imagine they'll do like an all-star break type thing uh, in June for team for the World Cup qualifiers to happen. Uh, so I imagine Overwatch League will take a break for a little bit and t- players will be able to compete for their countries in June. Um, and then either, either the finals will have already happened before BlizzCon um, or they'll take another break. Who knows? Uh, but uh, all we know is this is not supposed to affect the Overwatch League schedule at all or affect any Overwatch League players. I'm excited, Joe. I'm so excited. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, this was the big news of December 17th <laughs> um, when this came out. But yeah, after uh, three years of, of being on hiatus and we're getting the, the World Cup back, I mean, the the last World Cup was right before, was it? Or was it right after the first season of the Overwatch League? It was um, right. 2019, right before the second season, second or third season. Second season? Yeah. Uh, right, right yeah, before... it was right before the second season. I think. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, no, wait, it was after the second season. 2019 was the second season. 2018 was the first. So okay, there you go. It was after so, the so second we season. had we had some World Cups back then. Yeah, uh, but first one in a long time, uh, and and the the effect that that had on um, you know bringing players up to uh, the forefront of, of you know. Um, public consciousness and, and uh, letting letting um, uh, you, you know letting the viewers watch new new talent and, and talent from regions that uh, hadn't really been highlighted um, in the Overwatch League necessarily was super excellent um, uh, hopefully they they continue to you know broadcast uh, as many matches as they can um, um, like they like they have in the past um, I, I've I heard uh, you know discussion of you know there wasn't really based on anything but it was just a hypothetical of um, yeah that if this World Cup process is sort of happening during the Overwatch League um, does that mean that it would be um, potentially like like restricted even to just a, like an amateur event like the Overwatch League players can't uh, participate I think that would be that would actually be really interesting um, obviously. Uh, you, you know the, the the argument could be made that you know you get worse competition at that point, um, just in terms of you know level of competitiveness or whatever. But um, but, but again, the ability that uh, this World Cup event has to um, you know bring to the stage uh, players like Potiphon, players like um, uh, I, I think about um, <laughs> he's the biggest example, right? Uh, <laughs> just from how long it's been since we've had this world cup but uh i know there were more uh examples of players that really got highlighted there uh and then were assigned to the league or you know have have continued to have uh good careers and so that's that's super exciting uh really excited to see how this fits um 
again with the Overwatch League season, with the rest of the season in general, uh, and finally get a, a, a champion in the, in the fall of, of 2023, um, um, you know, back again, and, and whether that's um, <laughs> you know whether the, the U.S. is able to defend their title. Um, and it was funny because I think the, it was the Boston Uprising roster uh, that did their reveal. Um, pretty quickly after this World Cup was announced, and so I, I believe my message to you at the time was, you know, is this is this Boston Uprising roster just the, you know, uh, Team South Korea <laughs> World Cup roster, uh, or at least at least their bench? I think is was is what my comment was. <laughs> um, um, anyway, but uh, just it's it's really exciting to be back in the back in the spirit of building that again, because um, it really was um, you know good for the community. Oh yeah, it's great for the community. I 100% agree. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's big for just casual fans of Overwatch League who don't watch Contenders, which there are a lot of. Uh, to to get that feeling, like you said, Joe, of like this is almost scouting for like the big, the big one, you know, uh, to come to the league. Uh, players like Patty, like you're mentioning, who who really got a spotlight, um, and a bunch of players who just aren't in in Overwatch League who get that spotlight. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, America's probably just going to be all of American Tornado. And um, Korea will be proper, plus the Boston Uprising, like Joe's mentioning. Honestly, could be. I could totally see the Boston. It's the Boston Uprising plus the Shock, plus he's saying and proper, maybe. He's saying proper Smurf, Izzy Lee J gone. That sounds like a pretty good roster to me for Korea. So I, I would take that. Um, like I like I would support Korea. Never, I'm an American boy. Um, all right, yeah. Uh, America will get to defend their title in twenty in twenty twenty three here at the end of this year. I'm super excited, and that's our big super episode of all the all the signings we missed the past month. Where we got some more coming. Yeah. Anything else, Joe? Before I sign off. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. I our next show we'll try to do sooner than six weeks from now. <laughs> try, uh, we'll try. I, our I assume, I, yeah, <laughs> I assume we'll have um, you know plenty of news by then, and we'll have um, you know just with the holidays and everything, it made it, it made it difficult. But um, uh, but yeah, season six is coming. We don't know precisely when yet, um, but uh, uh, when when it's there and through that whole process, we'll be uh, right alongside uh, everybody here. Absolutely. Thank you guys all for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. And our show's Twitter is at On The Flank Show. Uh, you're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy this massive offseason.